0: Today's episode, uh, more of the IPF preview shows where we're having lifters on the IPF roster. Um, Canada's own Bryce Krawcheck, 120 kilo lifter, previously 105, coming back from the equip side. And as hosts, we got Rory Lynch, Gary Lynch, if you will, uh, the Lynch pin, Arian Messi-Kamessi. And you know what, fellas, I've been saying this Um, let's do some of our housekeeping off the top as opposed to at the end of the podcast when I give the shout out. Um, So let's quickly say we'll get it out the way how people can get your coaching services. We'll start with our guest, Bryce. How did they get it, my man?
1: Uh, Everything is at calgarybarbell.com. All of our um different tiers of coaching nutrition coaching uh link to our app coaching it's all it's all on there and if you want to follow along with my lifting it's bryce underscore cbb on instagram
0: there it is rory uh
2: website's probably the best place to go that's sussifastrength.com or uh if you want to watch my mediocre bench press that's uh rory lynch on instagram
0: there it is and arian
3: uh, all our coaching services are at thestrengthguys.com. And if you want to watch my non-lifting, you can go to at Coach Arian K.
0: Oh, that's intriguing. I'm not sure what the non-lifting is. You got that's my interest, sir. Yeah. That's, you got to shoot. That's tough. Bryce, like, that's a tough sell, though. Yeah. Tough I said sell. that's like, the good stuff. I said that's, that's the good stuff. That's the good. So Bryce that's is what a customer. The people want.
1: Yeah. That's right. That's right. Normally, you got to pay for that. That's that's, only, that's, only that's, subscription
0: site. That's it. Uh, come with your credit card credit card ready Mm -hmm. um and then obviously we've been doing the positions of power with the strength guys uh link in the bio of instagram um and there you go so we got it we got a different type of worlds this time bryce first off let's talk about some people um I, i mean king of lifts is we cover some equipment but let's be honest we're mostly in the classic division and mm-hmm. uh, you never left powerlifting, but you did take a small hiatus from the classic division and you were doing equipped. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that stitch just to catch people up. Cause I think the last time we saw you was at the world championships in your own Calgary. And it was yeah, the battle of the 105s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was a hell of a battle. So yeah. maybe what have you been up to, my friend? Um,
1: so I guess from, from 2018 Worlds, my next big meet uh, post-nationals would have been 2019 open worlds in Dubai uh, where I competed equipped and I had competed equipped from like 2017 up until that 2018 worlds so I had done you know a solid year or two of lifting uh, heading into that then went equipped for 2019 in Dubai um, and then had planned like my big goal at the time was to make a run for world games so I was looking at 2020 Svanger Norway open worlds try to secure a podium spot. Uh, and then you know get a ticket to world games in 2021 which would have been uh, or would have been in 2021 in Birmingham and everything's been pushed back obviously uh, and with a lot of that you know everything that, uh, that is the situation of the global pandemic and gyms being closed and open and closed and open all that kind of stuff that everybody's going through all over the place uh, our our local gym uh, closed down and you know was trying to be responsible and uh was training from home i mean i was fortunate enough to have uh i own some of the equipment or calgary barbell on some of the equipment so i was able to move it into my condo basement which uh incredibly gracious neighbors who allow me to toss around my deadlifts down there without anything other than like oh that's pretty cool man um so i i kind of like i just fell back in love with raw lifting uh the simplicity of it the uh the like it's, it's a full degree, less of time commitment when you look at the, the actual training. um, So instead of doing, you know, my bigger sessions of the week or four hours, it's now I can do a full SBD day in like an hour and 40 minutes. You know what I mean? So it's, it's substantially, uh, it's freed up a lot of time and it's allowed me to do a lot of other things with Calgary Barbell and with, I don't know, just pursuing other things that I find fulfilling, like reading and playing video games and just kind of enjoying more of life as opposed to being in the gym for four hours a day. Um, so, yeah, with that, I kind of said, you know what? I, I don't know if I'm that interested in world games right now. I'm kind of I'm getting stronger raw. I haven't pushed my raw numbers in a long time because that 2018 at 105 was my last raw total. Uh, I think I out-totaled that at nationals a few months before but um yeah so i was kind of looking at my raw total and looking at what i was doing in training and i was like man i should really update some of these numbers i think i could do way better than that um so then decided to initially it was just like okay i'm just going to do raw and and see where it goes and then worlds got moved from belarus to sweden and i was like oh shit i'll do that (laughs) uh and then signed up like right away and uh, did North Americans just recently as a bit of a, bit of a tune-up. It went well. And um, yeah, now the the sights are set on the next one here.
0: Do you think because you took a, a minute away from the raw side, some people might be somewhat sleeping on you. I don't think your, your opponents will. They all know all about you. You know, I mean, these guys are the insiders and everybody does their due diligence. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're you're in, you're a YouTube, like over a hundred thousand followers. Um, like you're, you're not, you're by no means, you gotta be operating in a cave and not know who you are. But on the flip side, um, just in terms of like the general masses who are more into the raw classic side, you think some mm-hmm. people are like, they're going to look at your, your total and be like, oh, wow, they don't even see you. They won't even see you coming. It's like, that. yeah. if, you, if that's where you're going off of, you're going to get a shock.
1: I mean, know? my, my nominated total was my eight fifty from, um, from that I think it was the nationals in 2018 would have been, um, and then I updated that after North Americans and, uh, even still, you know, uh, I don't know if anybody saw my lifts from North Americans, but my, my squat and my deadlift, I had a lot left in the tank as, as was the plan. Um, so yeah, I think my nominated totals quite a bit less than what I'm hoping to do anyways. I mean, you never know what's going to show up on the day, but, uh, yeah, hopefully I can hopefully I can give some people a bit of a surprise and uh, and uh, give give the best in the class a run for their money.
0: Like we're saying, um, there was Roman. The t- I said yes, I did see your lifts, but of course, right and um, for sure the squat and everything. Most people watching me, okay, that was an opener, or a second attempt, and you definitely had another attempt, and you would be making another jump on top of that. In the deadlift, though, that was a world record, and mm-hmm. it still moved like. You know, you did what you had to to get the world record, but it still looked like, like you weren't emptying it. It wasn't one of those deals where it's almost like you get the benefit, you get the record, that's yours. But when you're on the day of the meet, you're going to load what you need for whatever position it is. If it's well over the record or whatever the hell. Now it's not like, well, do you want the record? Well, I have the record. It's not mm-hmm. even now. It's more load the bar with what I need.
1: Exactly. And that was that was sort of the, I guess, you know, secondary reason for wanting to do that was you know, I saw the record was lower than uh, you know uh, at least a few people in the class can do, so I knew that was going to be something that was going to be up for contention at Worlds, and it still will, I'm sure, of that. Um, but for me, it was like I can go, I can do this tune-up, I can kind of like, you know, feel what it's like to be a powerlifter again, um, you know, do this thing, and probably cherry pick that world record, and enjoy that and celebrate that a little bit, and then by the time it comes to the day. Uh, it's easier for me to skew my priorities towards podium or towards, you know, placing as best I can. So um, I think having that out of the way maybe frees up a little bit of decision making power on the day, depending on how things shake out and how things are, are, are playing out on the day. So, yeah, that was definitely part of my intent.
0: In terms of goals, you know, when you want to have that conversation. <laughs> do you want to give up the record and go for a placing or do you, well, like, that's easy. At least that one's checked off. You got 60 seconds, you know, you got to rock and roll, make these decisions quickly. Um, What are the goals?
1: Um, So I'm not necessarily one of those guys that's going to talk a big game about, oh, I'm going to win the whole thing and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's a non-Dennis year, uh, which, you know, is unfortunate. I think Dennis is a great lifter and I would love to lift with him, against him, however you want to look at that. Um, but that means I think everybody's going to place a little bit higher, (laughs) you know, like one, one spot higher than they would have if Dennis was there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I want to maximize how I can place. I mean, that's, that's kind of the obvious answer. Um, and I don't know if my, you know, my goal is like, oh, I got to become world champion. It would be sweet if it's there. You know, if I have a great day and, uh, some other lifters don't have a great day, stranger things have happened, but, um, for me, like it, it all comes down to just getting into the mix. Like I want to be making people sweat when we're messing around with third deadlift attempt changes. I want to be like in the mix. I want to be, you know, pulling for uh, deadlift metal. I want to be pulling for position and I, I want to like go out there and just put together the total that I think I can, which is substantially more than what I've done previously.
0: And I'm assuming you want to play those cards somewhat close to the chest.
1: Yeah. I mean, ish. Yeah. (laughs) Like I think most people could probably look at my training and be like, yeah, like have a pretty, pretty close idea of what they think I'm capable of. And, you know, it's probably not going to be anything uh, crazy surprising, but
0: who knows? So you had mentioned that it'll be a non-Dennis year and and this Mm -hmm. is fact and that um, everyone's going to move up a notch. However, I don't know if everyone moves up a notch. I'll tell you this. I fucking love Dennis. All right. The man is the 120 goat period, had him on the podcast a bunch of times, um, had cocktails with him in Belarus and the banquets like like that's romance, and we got a lot of things in common. Uh, so anyone listening, this isn't a knock on Dennis but in terms of looking at, like obviously Dennis got injured at US Raw Nats and um, he was, you know, humming and hawing on what he would feel like leading into Worlds. I mean it's, it's a hell yeah. of a commitment to go if you're a if ranger and he's pretty badly injured at, at Nats um, so it is what it is. But if we look at it you know, Dennis is 925 at U.S. Raw Nats. Now, mm-hmm. that was injured. I, if we look at the nominations here, like, that's that's an injured Dennis fine, but we're, you know, there's a few fellas, like, I. Don't, that's probably not going to clinch the win, I wouldn't think. But mm-hmm. who knows? You never know when we hit the platform. But if we go back, you know, Dennis is plenty strong, but his previous 2019 was 947 um, at U.S. Raw Nats you know, and then we're looking at a uh, 935, you know, we got to go back a little bit, a few, quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're being honest to get like the Dennis that the Dennis that would be, Oh my God, this is his, his win yeah. to lose, right? Like his competition yeah. to lose. I think with respect to the rest of the field, if Dennis showed up, I don't think it would be, um, this is Dennis's. This is Dennis's to lose. In- I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's, he's, he would proven. have had to have
1: had like his best day. Kind of what,
0: thing. What, what do you fellas think? What do you like, Rory? Irian, I think we might have this might be a contentious point between us. I have no look at it, I have no problems. If someone's like, I think Dennis would be the favorite, but what do you think about that?
2: I mean, I'm definitely going to pronounce the Turkish lifter's name, name <laughs> wrong. Is it, it Chenk? Does anyone know how that's yeah? I think to be it's wrong? pronounced
3: Chenk. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So yeah. Chenk's best total was 962.5. Uh, like six months ago or seven months ago or something right um there's the polish lifter uh is it peter sadowski i think his name might be um and his best total is just that just a hair under nine ten. and so like depending on how dennis came into that he could be like those two lifters would be well and truly in the mix with with him right um like I don't, there's definitely been times in the past where, at, at, and other classes, even at Worlds, where the top nominated lifter is coming in 60 kilos ahead, and all they have to do is, is go seven or eight for nine, and, mm-hmm. and they've got it, got it locked up already, right? Um, and I don't think that would be the case here. Like, Dennis could still definitely win it, but it would have to be, you know, making lifts, coming in pretty pretty healthy yeah uh other people not necessarily making lifts or, or not having their their best day right like it would it would it wouldn't be a a, a walkover that's for sure
1: yeah
0: Ariel, i think
1: also ahead? maybe worth noting sorry uh is that um, the 962 and a half by chank was when he was 127 so his last three meets have been 125 128 127 so you know i think he's got a bit to cut from that and seven kilos you can you can hum and haw and debate whether or not that's a big thing when you're this size, but you, who knows? It could play it could play a role in the
0: performance too. That it's it's something. What do you think, it Arian? Yeah,
3: it's the same thing. There's like a lot of different variables. Like I, I saw the same thing. He weighed 127, but then the other interesting thing too is like he passed on his third squat, and then he missed his third deadlift, but he took a 20 kilo jump. So maybe he had more on that day at that weight as well. Mm-hmm. So how much how much is he going to lose dropping body weight? um with Dennis it seems to be like uh volatile like a certain week his back could be feeling great and training is going well and he's like he's feeling strong next week his back feels like trash and he's like thinking about like you know maybe oh I'm not gonna go to worlds like I'm not gonna be able to do it so it'd be like it depends on him flying over there and cutting weight how he would feel when the kind of numbers he'd be able to put up and then some of these other numbers like everyone's numbers are not Necessarily fake, but you don't know for sure what they're capable of. Like, like Bryce, you know, he might have you know 20, 30, 40 more kilos in him. Tony Cliff, he's done 920 before, but he's listed there as 890, so he could have 30 kilos more in him. So, yeah, I mean, I think it was up for grabs, but I think a lot of people would have st- still said, Oh, Dennis is the favorite just because, like, you know, he has the biggest all time total, and mm-hmm. because he's won a bunch of times, they'll say, Okay, it's his to lose.
0: I- I'll also say this, I, I- I believe it's probably going to be a moot point. I don't think Dennis comes back to the 120s. I got a feeling he he he's probably going to go up to the 120 pluses. He's he's 40, uh, which is another reason why I like him. And uh, and um he, he I think some of the injuries that he's been getting sustained is due to the the weight cuts and he sees maybe the total dropping where when he doesn't cut the weight or if he's got 24 hours, etc. It's a little easier. So I I think it actually, as time rolls on, we won't look back and be like, this is the world without Dennis. And because Dennis wasn't there, I think honestly, um, this was time for Dennis to move on. I don't think we ever see him back as a 120, if I'm not mistaken. And I think this is more just a passing of the baton, even though he wasn't there. Because, um, and and the last time you saw Dennis will be as a 120, will be the last time you see Dennis as a 120. Put it there. There's my prediction, uh, gentlemen. But it is. uh, So, having said that, let's take a look at the field, though. As the 120s, because it is pretty, it is pretty stacked. Now, Kokak is definitely from from Turkey. Is definitely going to be the favorite going in. He does have <clears throat> had a 127.5 kilo total, or sorry, uh, body weight on his last total. He put up seven kilo over. He doesn't need to lose seven kilo though. I mean, you could do a three to four kilo water cut and do three kilo dropping a body weight, and we're not talking massive. It gets a little easier to wrap your head around in terms of like like that. I'm. We've debated this. Me and Rory have debated this. Uh, you know, we almost lost a friendship. We had to agree to disagree. But, but to, <laughs> in terms of water cut, Rory's like, is that how serious you were, dude? Uh, are we but, still friends?
2: Like I thought, I thought that was it. This is just a working relationship now.
0: <laughs> well, that's fair too. But um, it is, a, what, what do you think about it, Bryce? When you look at the field, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, Shank is going to be the guy to beat. I, I don't think I see any other way around that, unless, like he, as far as I know, he sustained a hamstring injury within the last, yeah, four to six months. But he's also been posting some training footage again, which means he's probably, pretty much back. Um, I know nothing about the Polish lifter or the Russian or the Kazakhstani lifter. Uh, I know Tony Cliff. But again, like he's nominated at 890. Like you said, he's done 920 before. My nom is low. And who knows, like the Ukrainian lifter. Um th- again, like that. So that leaves us what top top seven, I think, that'll be vying for podium spots. So I think it's gonna be really, really fun. <laughs>
3: like yes. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I love that shit, man. I just want to like go in and wreak some havoc. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a really, really close call because we're looking at what thirty kilos, between second and seventh right now, ish, forty, but yeah, I mean, and with with when some of these size of totals, that's not that big of a percentage anymore, you know.
0: No,
3: and with these totals, like you, you never know if they actually submitted like actual numbers or how mm-hmm. long they were, because like I, I, looked up some of them right now, and like uh, Piotr, the Polish guy, his best listed totals nine hundred. The uh, uh Russian guy best totals list is nine hundred. Dimitri Lee, like he did like a bench world. There's like no info on him. Hmm. The uh, Ukrainian Dimitro is like 877 is his best total. So who knows? Maybe some of these, the 909.5 may not exist anywhere. Yeah. That's like
1: that. Uh, who is it? Is it Hassan El Baghidi? Is that the, the 66 kilo? He's from yeah. France. Yeah. 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 I know every time he competes, he goes in and like puts in fake openers. Yeah. <laughs> His first, his his openers that he puts in at weigh-ins are always just like insanely high or insanely low or just like whatever. And it's to the <laughs> point now where every coach kind of knows and expects to see that. And it's like, dude, you're not fooling anybody anymore. Right. So the real, double, is bluff, kind of funny. The, the real double bluff is next time he puts in
2: real openers and <laughs> yeah, expects him to change. Them That's the exactly. That's it's called the
0: really long happens. play, gentlemen. A decade in the making. A decade. It's the yeah. long play. It's like hats off to you, sir. Um, yeah, 100%. And a lot of the Eastern European nations, um, some of the totals, like you're not going to find them on open powerlifting. So mm-hmm. if they put up a nomination, it, it might not be true, or it might be true, or it might be something much more, you don't, you don't know. Sometimes it's a healthy bluff. Um, yeah. obviously well, we
2: don't always know the standards that the totals will set under like, like the probability of them simply making up a number is like probably not super high, but like it is all, but, but, but numbers could be gym numbers or like mm-hmm. numbers that are done in meets that were not at body weight. And, and, and if we don't have the, the videos and we don't have the, um, you know, the actual meat records, like it's, it's really hard to tell what, like what that condition
0: was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Someone that's not hiding, man, Tony Cliff, he posted his 920 at the world championships last time we had one. So you we already know Tony can do more than that. And that was two years ago. And I've been watching Tony's Instagram and he's been obviously training hard and, and improving on that. So I think he might have more. So it is, this is one of those classes that's going to be harder and harder to to figure out. Um, do you care if you know, or are you just like straight up going in there? Like, I don't want to know. I don't, do you follow, like, do you follow Sank? Do you follow Tony? Are you paying oh, yeah. attention?
1: Yeah. yeah, Yeah, I definitely pay attention. Uh, I was just actually looking to see what uh, what Tony did just recently here at the British Open Classic. There, he put up a nine seventeen. Yeah. So I mean, he's and and I saw. I think maybe I saw his third deadlift somewhere, and it looked like he definitely had a little more left in him. So, yeah, no, I definitely follow and like. I want to know. I'm interested by it. And again, like, I just want to I want to go compete against these other super strong dudes and hopefully have a good day. And I don't know, man, just lift some weights. <laughs> like like i wish i could say i'm like this killer viking that like wants to go and crush his enemies and stuff but like man i just want to lift weights (laughs) and be strong with all these other strong people
0: uh, well, I mean, it, it's fair, and all like. If it's uh, if it's forced, it's not going to work either, right? <laughs> but on the flip side, I don't think you have to. Uh, it might be easier not to put the pressure on yourself. I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes yeah. it can blow up in your face, like we saw at US Ron Nats. There's some, you know, hype leading <laughs> into it. Yep. Uh, I whatever. I'm not against the hype. I'm all for it. It is what it is. But um, leading into this, though, you did make a post, and I liked what you said. There mm. was some discussion this is before pretty much 60 percent or whatever half the u.s national team is going to be at this worlds anyways but mm-hmm. you made a post and uh I'll, I'll read it and i thought it was very well said and uh, i wanted to ask you about it seemed like a no-brainer let me pull this up i had it
1: uh you read my receipts here
0: <laughs> yeah so you had put the sad and unfortunate reality of this USAPL slash IPF feud is that the USAPL national team suffers. If your reaction to this is to then turn around and invalidate and bring down other lifters, give your head a shake. Or don't ever pretend you give a shit about the sport slash the lifters who dedicate their lives to this. And then you had quoted. A couple, uh, you have some quotes here and I'm assuming it's just random comments in the comment section. I've seen this kind of stuff myself. Oh, yeah. uh, you call yourself a world champion, question mark. Wow, laugh my ass off. 2021 Worlds with a couple of the, you know, letters capitalized like they do. Yeah. Worlds is a joke without the USAPL. And then um, you go on to, to further expand on this and how like IPF Worlds is now lower down because of the USAPL not being there now since then yes a lot of the us national team is going to be there we all know this mm-hmm. now but let's talk about that like what, what were some of your thoughts what were you seeing and, and how you felt when you posted that
1: um I, I think i was just kind of interpreting some of the some of the the change in how people are seeing ipf worlds because it it never used to really come into question that ipf worlds was the best lifters competing against the best lifters drug tested at least um like bar none uh and then i feel like in some ways because of this usapl ipf feud the like validity of placing or um you know winning or whatever at ipf worlds was like oh well now we need to put an asterisk on this uh, and i think i think that was maybe a, a pretty like quick adoption. And then I honestly think a lot of people were like, Oh, I guess most of the USAPL teams going anyways. Um, but I guess to me it was like, okay, you know, anybody who's going to IPF worlds wants to go and compete against the best. Like nobody is going there hoping that the strongest people don't make it somehow. Right. Like it's not doing us a favor as the athletes who've trained for this as the biggest competition, uh, when, the other best competition doesn't get to go like that's unfortunate across the board so I think that you know for somebody to turn around and be like oh well now your now your placement doesn't matter or now your your goals don't matter and uh, what you've been working for is completely invalidated because like my favorite lifter can't get to go or whatever Mm -hmm. uh, I thought was just like a pretty like shitty knee-jerk reaction and I don't know if people maybe even realize that like that's what they were doing because it's not like it's not like you would go and, and just celebrate it and be like, oh, I want and like rub it in the face of people who didn't get to go. Because like I said, nobody's going there to compete against anything less than the best in their class. So yeah, I don't know. It uh, felt a little
2: bit like that uh, hurt people, hurt people thing to mm. me, right? Like everyone is a little bit hurt that this particular group of people did look like they weren't going to get to go. And so their immediate reaction was to then hurt more people, right? and like and that's doesn't 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 help anybody
1: yeah it was very like crabs in a bucket kind of thing it was like oh well you know like if if uh if my favorite lifters not get to go well i'm gonna shit all over the lifters who do go uh when again like it's the the people who are the, the yeah the people who were affected and who suffered because of that whole feud were the lifters Right. Like I think everybody was very, very quick to jump on one side or the other and to act like they had all of the answers and how it should be resolved. And it was super easy and should have just been figured out by one side or the other or one side was completely right and the other was completely wrong. Um, And everybody had their their two cents that they needed to give. But I think regardless of where you're going to allocate blame, the unfortunate end and I think what should be talked about and discussed and figured out was the negative impact on the lifters. And like, how do we, how do we lessen that? Like, how do we focus on sort of a lifter centric approach to, to framing this problem uh, as opposed to, you know, drawing lines in the sand and running over to join your buddies.
0: And do you feel like looking at this, you know in terms of who is saying it, if you actually pose them a question like, do you know who else in the world Is in these other is in those weight classes, and who else in the world will be showing up at IPF Worlds? Do you even know if the American was the number one seed? Do you know where they were nominated? Mm. Do you know if the American left if they were like 40 kilo behind on nominations to win it all, or if they were the number one nomination or by a landslide, or if it was neck and neck? Do you know a lot of these people? Do you think they even would know, or do you think they were just literally like? I'm reading in the comments, they're nothing without us. USAPL is everything. So I'm just going to parrot this. W- what think is that's your impression? I think, <laughs> it,
1: yeah. I mean, tribalism in the sport is unfortunately rampant, uh, whether it's equipped versus classic, or multiply versus single ply, or tested versus untested, or I train using high specificity, or I train with bands and chains. Like, there's so many sides to. To, to hop on and then talking points to parrot to try to, uh, I don't know, just describe why your side is the best side. But
0: yeah, it seems sumo, unnecessary. Zoom over yeah, conventional. There you go. There you go. Right? It kind yeah. of is what it is. Um, yeah, no, I think for sure. That's why these preview shows are really going to help. Like some people had no idea. I've had some people be like, who's Anatoly again? I'm like, oh, love. <laughs> you're about to find out oh boy, yeah. you know you're, you'll, you're, see. Yeah, you'll, you'll see <laughs> yeah you <gotta learn. laughs> you're gonna find out the hard way um but yeah there there was a lot of people out there in the world that probably like a lot of them don't post on social media like any of the different social media platforms or not enough anyways and mm. then um, sometimes their results may or may not end up on open powerlifting because it's not easily accessible to find the results And, um, so, and they're not popping up on podcasts and whatnot. So people just straight up don't know who they are. And they're literally reigning world champions like Anatoly. And it's like this, you know, these are people that you should, you gotta be careful if you're going to look past them. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, gladly the U S lifters have found a pathway to make it to the IPF world championships. Not all of them. And that sucks for those that didn't. Um, but uh I mean, just for anybody who hadn't been listening, who's just listening to this, like I you know, what what's what's happening? Essentially, a lot of the USAPL lifters, uh, US Virgin Islands, they're all Americans and it's an American team, just a different federation. And the USAPL lifters, a lot of them are able to lift on that national team and will be. So that's what we're talking about. So a, a lot of them are gonna be at worlds. Go ahead, Aaron.
3: I, I was just gonna add in there too that yeah, some of them like that wanted to go, couldn't make the switch, but Uh, I know from the inside that there were some lifters that were already out before this. Like there's people that declined from the very beginning. There's people that, you know, maybe didn't want to spend the money or got injured or didn't want to deal with COVID restrictions or traveling. And Mm -hmm. so they were out before any of this stuff happened. And people were like, Oh, you know, USAPL suspended worlds means nothing. Those lifters were not going to go just like in any ordinary year. There's Mm going to be some lifters. that just don't go to the world for certain reasons.
0: Yeah. Travel's another one, right? Like that's, that's getting dicier and dicier. And if you're in a job where, um i mean obviously people from all over the world are about to be at the same place and i'm sure they're taking like the, the precautions they're taking are taking or there's a lot of them now uh, mm-hmm. i mean we're all getting tested every two days or something i don't know i'd have to go through that email all over again but um there's a lot of it but if you were to catch covid even if you're asymptomatic you stay in there for two weeks my man like some people like i straight up can't i got a mm-hmm. uh, wife and kids or a husband and kids waiting at home i got a job i got whatever like I, I can't, that can't be a, like, if that would have happened to me, <laughs> I get home, me and my wife, it's going to be bad news or me and my job or whatever the hell it is. Like this could be life altering. So um, you got to have these conversations with yourself and depending on where you would be on the ranking. If you're like, do I risk that all to come fifth or third? If I've already gotten a bronze previously or whatever, it's a different conversation for everybody. Yeah, Totally makes sense. Yeah
2: the barriers to getting to something like the world championships are like reasonably high in a normal year. Like you're spending thousands of dollars on flights. You're getting time away from work or school or family commitments or like whatever it is. Um, and then like adding in COVID restrictions, like like uh, the barriers are just getting higher and higher. Right. And so there's, there's a, there's probably a lot of people um, for, even from countries like other than the U S that, that, that we're mm-hmm. not familiar with um, that, that won't be going, who'd like to be able to be there.
3: Like it, it looks like the Algerian team is completely out either due to travel or visa or some kind of issues. Their whole team mm-hmm. is gone. Uh,
2: visa issues. Yeah. That's another one.
0: What, how do you think this one's going to feel different for you, than Calgary? I mean, last time you talk about travel, <laughs> my Calgary barbell, it was straight up in Calgary. There was not. I remember the battle of the 105s 2018, mm-hmm. that place was freaking packed. The one of it, not only because you were in there, literally Calgary barbell in Calgary hosting the world championships. It was so Calgary hosting it. It's, it was phenomenal setup, but the one Oh fives that year was like the hot division. I mean, usually benches when there was a lull in action and mm-hmm. bench, the, when, there was a world record getting tossed around back and forth. Like not even, yeah. not even bench was a lull um, in terms of the feeling that that was and now traveling the world for this one. Like, how is this one feeling different to you?
1: So, I mean, obviously it's, it's pretty awesome to have that like home, home, home turf crowd kind of thing going on. Um, but I honestly think that there was some degree of uh, maybe not disadvantage, but like there's a bit of a con to not going through that traveling hotel. Like that kind of becomes the ritual and the, the, the process. Uh, and, and I think does help to separate that very focused competitive mindset from like i was walking my dog where i walk my dog every day the day i competed you know what i mean like that morning i was like oh i'm just at the dog park like nothing's different you know what i mean it was really hard to be like worlds are happening right now like i competed the world championships championships this afternoon um so that was like that was a little different um so it'll definitely, it, and it'll be a huge difference in the, in the crowd, right? Cause I don't know, like our spectators allowed, if they are, it's probably going to be pretty limited and spaced out and people in masks and stuff. So it's just like not going to be the same as having like a jam packed room of people just screaming at you kind of, you know, like shoulder to shoulder in the room. So there'll be, I think a lot of differences, but I think after doing North Americans with the full blown restrictions and all that kind of stuff, like, it's just so good to be back on the platform. It just feels so good to be a power lifter again, you know, uh, after we haven't been able to do this for a long period of time in any capacity, like even just having other lifters there. Cause that was like, that was, there was probably as many lifters in the staging area watching the lifting as there were people in the audience watching the lifting. So it was just noise coming from like both sides but like it's still just awesome i mean that's kind of it it took me back to 2012 and 2013 some of my first meets where that's pretty much the setup you know there was like 10 people in the audience somebody's grandma got roped in and then you know somebody's four kids and like two other people and it was mostly the lifters that were doing the cheering and the screaming and the yelling and the applauding anyways um and yeah, I don't know. It just, it, it feels really good to do that again. And I'm really looking forward to doing that on like a, a bigger and bigger stage. And especially against, like, we just talked about how the first, you know, eight, seven or eight nominated lifters are all going to be vying for position. Like that to me is pretty much what the one Oh fives in, uh, in Calgary was like, you know, it, it kind of could have been anybody's day. If anybody had a great day or a terrible day, things could have changed a lot. Um, and, and I think it ended up being, relatively tight uh so yeah i don't know i'm just super excited but yeah it'll be very very different for a lot of reasons
0: for sure it is um you know i didn't even think about that but it's it's true there there is that was the flip side of the coin i hadn't even thought about it (laughs) when you travel and i've gone to a few of these worlds now and um going into the plane having your canadian passport like you know for whatever nation you're from showing up, seeing the national team there, putting on your national team jacket, and you're in a you're going through customs, you're in literally a foreign land, going into the hotel and there's like people from all different nations there and you feel it. You're like, I am here for a reason. You know, this is you're the night before like you're you're so far, you couldn't be further away from home. You know, you're on the other side of the world. And it's it's you feel that like the purpose you feel the, the reason why you're there and it's sunk in and you're mm. rep you're so far away from home and when you're that far away from home you feel like you're representing home you feel that international like this is an international event because i'm not this isn't normal whereas if earlier in the day you're walking your dog again everything feels normal and you're like i know it's about to happen and i'm telling myself this but it i haven't gone through those motions you know like i'm not that guy who's going out to battle right now like i haven't felt it yet and then the complete turnaround when you show up in that arena my friend when they were screaming for you in calgary it felt like there was people in the rafters screaming it was crazy man (laughs) in the battle that you were in because it was so good and so amped up the battle battle the 105s that year it was nuts you know it was um it was something else so it would be weird to like is it harder to get up Do you think when you show up and it's not like that, when you show up and there's like, what if it is just a spattering of people? Cause we have a media team there. So if there is restrictions on how many people are in the building, it's gonna be used up by officials, media team, like the, the nuts and bolts to make this thing happen, as, yeah. opposed, and as opposed to a crowd that's cheering for you, they'll be silently working. Do you think, cause last time you were at Worlds, it couldn't have been more different in terms of the actual platform. Um, yeah. are you the type of guy who needs that? Or are you the type of guy that's like, it don't matter. Let me hear bars loaded.
1: No. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm very much one of those people that like, I couldn't tell you who my head judge was. You know what I mean? Despite the fact that I've stared them in the eyes six <laughs> times, uh, <laughs> no idea no idea who's in the crowd. I can usually make out, like, my mom has a very distinct voice when she comes to my meets, <laughs> which I love. Uh, I could hear my wife's voice usually picked out of a crowd, but other than that, like, I have no idea who's yelling, who's saying anything, who's applauding, who's doing anything. Um, so it's very much, and, and again, like, I don't know, were, were any of you guys at, in Dubai in 2019, Arian Ruthier? No. no? It, it was the same thing. There was, like, eight people in the audience. It was in a gargantuan sports like (laughs) arena built for 20,000 people. And we had like 12 in this little roped in area of chairs on the platform, on the pool that we lifted on. Um, And it was like, yeah, it was very quiet and whatever. And I don't feel like that changes the stakes for me at all. I think it much more boils down to like having competition. And having people to compete against because the flip side of that was we had a meet here in alberta we had our provincials last i want to say june because everything kind of i mean it was maybe the end of the second wave or the sixth wave or who knows by this point but uh things kind of like receded to the point where we were one of i think three sporting events that were allowed to happen with just like restrictions to the nth degree and all this stuff but Uh, It was like me and one other guy uh, who is now at the point where he and I I think would have a really good sort of go at it, Uh, but he was just kind of getting into equipment and that was literally my only competition at the meet. Um, And I think that one was hard to kind of get into but I think it had more to do with the depth of competitive field than it does how many people are in the audience.
0: Let's give that guy a shout out. What's it? Do you remember his name? Brian
1: Brian Kravitzov, man. Okay, What's up, how dude. <laughs> there we go. He's a good you know guy, if he's... man. We I was <laughs> we were uh, we were having drinks with him, in North Americans. It was a
0: uh, it was a great time. There we go. Uh, so why did Dubai have like Dubai is a fascinating place. I've never been, but mm-hmm. why did they have such a massive arena? <sighs> Isn't that expensive? They. I don't, know. They have...
1: I, I don't think so. I think so. Like it was just somebody's somebody got hooked up yeah and uh somebody made some sort of like appeal to a sports commission and was like this is what it's going to be and they were like oh yeah take one of these arenas because there's probably i don't I mean i don't know i mean might be yeah. speaking out of turn or out of my ass here but there's probably
3: like four of those there uh i, I feel like range i feel like uae is like you know over the top with that kind of stuff like you know five six star hotels like they have like you know those islands that represent the entire world and everything like that. And mm-hmm. so I think it was uh, through If they probably found that connection and got that venue. Um, and I yeah. was actually going to ask you from the international world championships that you've been to, uh, obviously, I guess the crowd doesn't make a difference to you, but as far as like, the setup and the equipment and everything like that, did you like Dubai, Pilsen, or I know you're going to say it, but Colleen, Texas. <laughs> I know <laughs> I what like, you're going with. <laughs> I like Dubai and Pilsen. I'll say that. Uh, yeah, those
1: were those were some of my favorite uh, favorite memories, like especially and it wasn't even necessarily my own performance. I pulled the world record in Pilsen, but I remember watching um, Semenenko dump that whatever it was like four fifteen, four twenty, 420, whatever, over his head and then go into the back. And I was like sitting in the staging area and he went to the back and was like yelling something in Ukrainian. And this coach like peeled him out of his suit because it had blown and he dumped 900 plus pounds over his head. And then uh, somebody runs over, stuffs them in a new suit, and they went up five kilos. Oh my it's God. Like man, and then, and then he missed it on depth, and then went to the jury and got it overturned. And then that was the world re- Like it was, I don't know, man. That was that was such a cool thing to see.
0: That's freaking wild, and that's also like steel nerves when when you like <laughs> blow out your suit with over 900 on your back you know, 440 four was that that's what it was
1: 440 and then 445.5 i think you went to or something like
3: yeah because i think him and like Rubets were going back and forth and i think i may have mm-hmm. heard it he put a deadlift suit on because, like, he didn't have any more oh, squat really? suits. I, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> There's all kinds of, like, things surrounding this. It's become more and
1: more mystified
3: as the years ago, <laughs> I, I, like, I don't you know, know if that was like... the same meet with uh, Greg Johnson where he, like, dumped yeah. the barber's head and he knocked himself out. Mm-hmm. And they and they let it him keep lifting. Was. And he came back and he got the lift.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God, what? Yeah, I think he missed <laughs> his first two. Yeah. And then do
2: we need he to, he need to introduce concussion checks into powerlifting. No, it's <laughs>
0: gotta be like like a referee, like a boxing match stops the fight. If you get knocked yeah. out, they stop the fight in the second round or something. That's crazy. He came back.
3: I mean, that happened in Classic Worlds in clean. Um, for what, I forget what weight class it was, but this lifter like pulled their deadlift off of a attempt change they did that was a legal change. So they came to the warm up room to like let the coach know, like, hey, they weren't supposed to take that weight, they have to retake the correct weight. And he he like fell to the ground is he he's like convulsing. And there was like a uh, drug testing person there who was also, I guess, like maybe some kind of doctor or It's like, and he says, I would recommend you not let this person lift again. Like they're on the floor here convulsing. Do not let them take the attempt. And they just took his attempt away and didn't give him a, another chance at it due to like medical reasons. But I guess for some reason at that meet Greg Johnson gets knocked out, they carry him off the platform and they let him back
2: on. I mean, gap. what about that uh, ivory coast guy in, in Calgary, right? Like oh, dumped yeah. his, was it dumped as squat opener, like couldn't walk, was like I think like he jumped one, one
1: in the warm-up room. He dumped his last warm-up up as well. Room, yeah. yeah. And then Never went up gave, another gave like a, 15 and missed it three times <laughs> he, on the
0: whatever. I, I don't know. The poor starters, like yeah. dude, it was wild. People, because yes, he missed one in the warm-up room. I remember he kept so he, he couldn't hit his last warm-up. And then he moved up and wait for his opener. And this, like, he walked it out and he was shaking like a leaf on a tree mm-hmm. during a fucking tornado. And then, and then freaking uh, gets us down, like the squat command. And this thing cut through him like a hot knife through butter, my friend. Like offered so little resistance. Like, <laughs> it was like, my man. So like, he was down and it was like, holy shit. The spotter's like, wow, mm-hmm. comes back out for a second. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This is, if he hits this, I'm turning religious. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this is this is an act yeah. of God right here. Like, this is, a, it's going to, it might take a miracle. Cut, gets, gets walks it out, shaking like freaking like, you, know, like a uh, uh, a leaf in a, on a tree in the middle of a hurricane. This thing, again, cuts right through him. Now on his third co-op, like he's coming in, like it's it's written on there, he's coming up for his third. I remember being like, there's no way. As he commentary, I'm like, there's no way there's no freaking way in his corner is like his handlers are slapping his legs and slapping his back. Like, Let's go. Let's go. And it's like, my oh, man, the fight is over. Your boy got <laughs> knocked was, out like three yeah, times. No on
2: amount of slapping that it's, <laughs> it brings you <laughs> no. back from that.
0: Like, no. It would, it would take like Samson, grow out his hair and just tear down the pillars of this place. Like what are we doing here? And this thing took him out. Like it was crazy. Like the spotters, when he's coming out on the platform, the spotters are like, are you fucking kidding? I
2: think on the third yeah. one, the spotters appealed to the jury to get him to <laughs> not allow to take his last lift, right? And and the jury said, no, no, you have to let him.
0: Like that's not how. Which is wild. It. Like, <laughs> and I think most so of those unsafe. spotters
1: were uh, were people that trained like at our gym at the time, and I remember them they were none too happy with how those strong uh, lads those though. attempts went.
0: Calgary Barbell breeds strong lads. So he was in good hands. He was in good hands. listen, honestly, we joke, but for real, the spotters did an amazing job. That guy was fine mm-hmm. comparatively. Mm-hmm. Like he, he almost lost his life three times, for God's sake. And the guy kept going back. I think he tried. I don't know. He tried. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, my man, what are you doing right now? Um, that was wild. That's one of the wildest things I've ever seen. I think afterwards they probably changed their ideas on letting people lift. But mm. um what do you find in terms of like the difference between raw and classic in terms of lifting or, well, can you even do both in a calendar year? Are you going to try to do both? Is this something that you think you have to shift into one and then the other?
1: I think, yeah, probably. Um, I mean, incidentally, I think some of my best equipped performances have coincided with, uh, with some of my best raw training um so I don't think it would be impossible I know there's a lot of lifters especially masters lifters masters lifters love like especially like masters lifters at nationals they will compete four times um and they'll just like be hung over for two of them and it just doesn't matter (laughs) and they're just like hitting prs you know uh lifting classic equipped three lift bench only just whatever we're there to lift weights for a week um I did it once and I just about killed me, man. I, I was wrecked. Uh, I competed equipped first and I had some numbers in mind for my raw day. And I think I took my thirds about where I had planned to open for my raw day. Cause it was, it was back-to-back days to be fair. Um, but yeah, I, I think it would be tough for me. I would usually dedicate two training cycles or two training blocks. And those are usually anywhere between like six to eight weeks or something like that. So I'm looking at, I don't know, 12 to 16 weeks to get ready for an equipped meet roughly. Um, but I mean, I think if you have a year on and off of like predominantly equipped training, probably gonna get a little bit more out of it. It's like anything else, right? The more you can the more you can specialize to a point within reason, um, probably the better off you're gonna be because yeah, it would also kind of depend on the lifters experience level with equipment. You know, somebody like myself or Tony who switch back and forth somewhat regularly could probably, you know, do one equipped block and put together a pretty decent performance. Somebody who's never been in equipment before, maybe you want them in equipment for a little bit longer before they're on the platform. So plenty it, of
0: factors, but I think you could do both. Um, yeah. Like, like, do you think that does, does equipped lift? And I know initially, okay. So I came into powerlifting uh, 2007, 2008 and initially people were saying that lifting in equipment, because you have so much more weight on your back, so much more weight over your hands and the chest, et cetera. So you're overloaded with it. Will will help you in terms of the raw, Mm -hmm. but ideas change. And then over the course of time, at least in North America, you know, there's, we've seen less and less the masters lifters, like you said, the old school guys, but I don't know if it's an old school is, I don't know if that's an old school thought, or do you think there is something to the fact of that, okay, if you, if, you're, if you have that much weight on your back for squatting for a good duration of the year, when you shift into your raw phase, it helps? Or do you think, you know what, I think if you want to go back and forth, if I was just to go raw, I would be just as good. Or if I was just to go equipped, you know, what are your thoughts in terms of, do they help each other? Do they hurt each other?
1: I think they could be pretty, uh, they could be pretty synergistic. Um, I think one of the, one of the big things for me was being able to do a couple of years of equipped lifting made me excited to do raw again. It allowed me to get around some pain I was dealing with. It allowed me to continue to compete, to get good at something that I sucked at, which is what made me stoked about powerlifting in the first place. Um, so I think even from like a novelty and like a sort of mental refreshing or a mentally refreshing kind of uh, standpoint, I think it could be absolutely useful for a raw lifter to get into equipment as to whether or not you're going to get any physiological carryover or anything like that. I don't know. I think the verdict's probably still out. And again, individuality of response, like some people are going to get something out of it. Other people might not. It's impossible to say with any sort of certainty, I think, but I do think that there's something to it. If, if you're drawn to it, right? Like I wouldn't force somebody into it who doesn't want to do it because I don't think it's like, Oh, you have to do this or your bench isn't going to go up. But if somebody's like, Hey, I might want to try some shirted work. It's like, well, oh, shit, borrow a shirt from your friend. Like get to get a spotter and let's do it. Like, let's, let's throw it in there for a block as like your overload bench for the week and just see what happens. You know, at the very least it's like fun and they get to bench a crap load more weight than they have any right benching. Um, and it, like everybody has a great time. So yeah. Hey,
2: Aaron, are you the only one of us who hasn't been squeezed into a bench shirt at some point?
0: Am I? I guess I am. Oh, shit. Well, thank you for pointing well, out. Yeah, next <laughs> time we're all hanging out. No, shit, man. I've seen people try that in the gym, like if they're not used to it and straight up, like almost try to do a skull crusher or, or literally almost crush your skull though. But Because if you end up trying to do a skull crusher with bench press weight, <laughs> like it's just, I don't know. I remember at one point just messing around when I first started. And this is like to Bryce's point with those freaking master lifters who can like, drink till 3 a.m. and then do their second day of lifting and you'll see them in the flight home and you're like are you still drunk and they're like yeah and these guys just live hard like rock stars um and like i'm i'm like oh i'm so beat up like i competed four times you know like what are you talking about you're a kid um one of those guys at one point talked me into i didn't even get under the bar but talked me into just trying the freaking shirt on in the back room and it was like a like a it felt weird, man. The whole process felt weird. You're in the locker room and he's like, why don't you to try this on? Try try this on. I'm like, really? Try Some it on mics. for me. Yeah, he's like off. Try, try this on for me. It looks nice. He goes, I, I don't know if I could get my arms. Or, I'll help you put it on. And I'm like, ah, fucking this. Can we get more people in the room? While Some like notice?
2: sweaty, overweight guys. like Exactly.
0: To... And I'm, I'm, I'm I'm they lot... got to
1: reach up your singlet. To pull <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: you up down I'm a lot smaller. Starts. I'm a lot smaller than he is. I'm like, can you not put your fucking hands on me like you just did right there? I got this. Hang on a second. And um, I had it on and the whole process was uncomfortable, including the setting. But I was like, I can't imagine grabbing a barbell. <laughs> And he was like, come on, let's go. I'm like, you got it on now. And I'm like, no, I, you fucking said, just try it on. And he's like, you got it on now. It's all it's tight on you. Let's go. And I'm like, "Doggy, I don't feel comfortable here. I'm taking it off. Um, but I couldn't imagine getting under the barbell and actually trying to do something with it. I was like, oh, there's, you couldn't talk me into it. It felt so weird inside of that suit. And I'm like, I don't know how you guys, like." he's like, it's like a skill, you master it like, yeah, I'm not a fucking ninja with a katana blade right now. I don't want to master this skill. It takes two. I just want to get stronger. But I mean, it is like a variable if some people want to get into it. it's it's. Here's another thing that I think. What are your thoughts on this one, Bryce? In certain parts of the world, equip lifting is more than just alive. It's strong. It's healthy. Um, you know, Ukraine, Mother Russia, it's freaking those, those nations win the national titles. Um, and it's and, and if you look at the equipped worlds, I just seen Joe cap reposted the gentleman mm-hmm. and I should shout that gentleman out. Um, I think I took a screenshot, but they were talking about the entries for lifters mm-hmm. because he obviously Joe cap is super into um, equip lifting and a big advocate of it. And um, he was saying like, you know, if you look at the entries for the equip worlds, it's not going down. It's actually gone back up. Like there's been like a resurgence yep. about it. And I think. Yep to the point of what I was saying earlier, where sometimes American and North American lifters don't know what the like the lifters from the other world and we're kind of in our own little microcosm. That's kind of the case for equipped lifting where we think because in America and, and Canada, equipped lifting has definitely gone down since the, the older age with the masters wearing in the open. Guess what? In, in these European nations, man, it is not. It is healthy. It is very strong. It is one of the reasons why when the USAPL was saying we'll leave and they have a very small equip presence, people forget like, what is the IPF without us? There's a whole nother division that is stacked with nations all over. And there's, you know, it's a whole nother, people don't even account for it. We forget, mm. you know, uh, maybe talk about that because you, you would know, because you've been to these world championships, but how is it that you're, how do you feel where you're like, fuck, I'm an equip lifter and I'm living in an, in the other side of the world that doesn't so much appreciate what I do. And I go to the other side of the world and they do. How do you feel about that?
1: So I think that like, I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll call it ignorance, but hopefully I'm not putting too much heat on that. <laughs> um, I, I think that is something that really only exists if you're outside of equipped lifting. I think if you get into equipped lifting and you take a look at, I mean, you know, that's what people do when they get into powerlifting is they look at who's winning, their division or who's winning their uh, you know, nationals or provincials or whatever level they're looking to compete at. And I think, you know, once you go beyond national as an equipped lifter, you know all of the, like all of my favorite lifters um, when I was equipped were all Ukrainian lifters. You know what I mean? Like, uh so I think, I think as soon as you get into it, you kind of understand that there's this whole other uh whole other world to it. And I think the other interesting thing And, uh, I don't know if we'll ever see this or not, but I'd love to see some of those, uh, some of those Ukrainian equip lifters come and, uh, and compete on the classic side and and see what they can do. Cause I remember, and I don't know if Semenenko really does much anymore, but, uh, I remember seeing him take, I think it was like 400 for a double and just a pair of knee wraps at one point. And I was like, oh yeah, equip lifters are so weak without their suits. It's too bad, (laughs) too bad equip lifters aren't strong. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know. it's it's an interesting mentality because I think, um, I think for a lot of those nations, the way I've heard it described is that, you know, classic lifting is training and equipped lifting is competing. And uh, I think there are those who have very much adopted that, and I can see I can see where people develop that from because competing equipped is absolutely a whole other beast. Competing classic uh, after competing for a number of years equipped is like, relaxing as hell. Um, you know, like, yeah, you get revved up and you're out there to do your job and it's a, it's a thing, it's a competition, but it doesn't have that extra layer of complexity and timing and stress. And, you know, somebody jumps the order and all of a sudden you got nine seconds to squat three ninety for the second time. Um, mm. you know, I've, I've had those kinds of experiences a couple of times now where it's like, Oh, we're halfway through my wraps and I got 30 seconds left on the clock. And that's just not something that happens in classic lifting, unless you're just absolutely not paying any attention, but hopefully that's not, uh, that's not the case. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a whole other world. And uh, yeah, again, I, I think I find myself kind of trying to make an appeal to people that like, yeah, it's pretty cool. You should try it. Um, and I do think we've seen a bit of a, I've been calling it the equipped, equipped renaissance since about 2017 when I started getting back into it we started making more content and videos about it and I think we got a number of people interested in it and a number of my clients have gotten into it just because they've seen me do it and by seeing that have looked at all these other amazing equip lifters and it's kind of opened that door so hopefully yeah hopefully there's there's more I don't know, notoriety for it or more recognition for equip lifting because I think it's cool and it's just it's just a, different way of doing the same thing we all do and again going back to that like seemingly necessary violent division between uh you know the way i lift weights and the way you want to lift weights uh it's just silly but yeah i don't know i I think it's really cool and i think that if people tried it out it'd have a lot of fun just try out a bench shirt try out some knee wraps i don't
2: even just in the last what like three days rts has launched their uh, equipped lifting course with uh, mm-hmm. shane martin which mm-hmm. i'm probably gonna gonna do you're actually making me excited to put a bench
3: shirt on again Bryce. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, there we
2: go
3: that's like the tough part is like getting the information around because i hear in some of these other countries you have to be part of a club in order to compete in their federation so by being part of the club, you're naturally going to be part of a team. You're naturally going to have a coach and they can, you know, have the equipment and teach you how to do it. Where here, like any person can just buy a USAPL membership, they of the meet and go compete without anyone. Um, mm-hmm. So if some of those countries, a little bit easier to kind of figure things out. Here, they try and do, yeah, like online courses or maybe in-person course to try and get it. But it's mostly like passing down the information from one coach to like the lifters or another coach. And if that doesn't get passed down at a certain point, it might just like slowly die out more and more here. It's reasonably I, I, arcane right
2: like it's like there's a lot of stuff about it that there's not good information about like you know you go to the the powerlifting subreddit or whatever and there's a whole bunch of information about how to how to lift classic and lift raw and i don't even know if the word equipped comes up there at all
0: i um so when you were saying initially you first started you're like i don't know if i like you said ignorant you're like i don't know if that should be the word i'll tell you straight up i am one of those guys Ignorance fine, my man, because if I'm (laughs) honest, ignorance just literally means you don't know any better. And I'll tell you straight up, like I, to a large extent, that's a blind spot for me in terms of powerlifting. It helps me in the, in the aspect of kind of like you were saying earlier, you only have so much time to dedicate. And um, when it comes to like classic raw divisions, whether it's IPF untested, whatever, I got a pretty good barometer considering like there's the, the world's a big place, tested, untested women's men's, like I, I got a pretty good barometer. and then if you add on equipped on top of that, it gets tougher. It gets tougher. But what I've started doing, to be fair to everybody, because enough people have asked me, you know, put pressure on me, and uh, and rightfully so. Like Tony Cliff, uh, Joe Cap, we had said earlier. Some people slide into DMs and put pressure. Like give some people some some light on it, and I start realizing, it's not just like if I if I maxed out a little bit. I can help, I can reach out and be like, can you help me then and send me some people? And, and literally Joe Caps, like, here's 10 people off the top for the US yeah. role. i so I'm like, thank you. I'll make that a post because I don't know. And I'm ignorant to it. And, and it's easy to be like, just learn about it. But like, then there's only so much time in a day and I'm freaking, I'm swimming upstream, I feel like. So that's why like, I've given thought about, um it it, right now equipped is almost like for you guys in north america not over in europe because they all know about it but it's like you guys know a fucking rock band that's really popular on the other side of the world and none of your friends know about it you know what i mean it's like this is my rock band none of my friends get it they think i'm weird because i'm into this rock band but on the other side of the world i'm telling you they're huge you know what i mean that's like a quip Mm. for a lot of people around here but i think with more exposure i would like to help um so 100% 100% man when, when the world rolls around go ahead Aaron
3: well I was going to say if you want to help we did the uh, fantasy league for raw nationals we're doing it for classic worlds I got a request that we should do it for open Worlds. so it would be interesting if we see how many entries you get for open worlds versus classic worlds oh shit son
2: yeah. if you guys want to do an, an equipped fantasy
3: league I'll, I'll set it up I'll run it
0: well damn look what just yeah. happened there,
3: there we go and it, it forces people to like study too and go learn more about the lifters to know who to pick
0: and maybe we could do we, we should do a preview show for the equipped IPF worlds. Oh, you what do you
2: guys wants to learn Ukrainian? <laughs> well, here's the
0: other thing, man. We, we definitely need to have uh, like a lot of the people who are going to sign up for the Finnish league will probably be coming from Russia, Ukraine, and uh, we'd have to do something like that language wise to make it not as much of a barrier. How's your Ukrainian, Bryce?
1: <laughs> you know, that's actually one of the languages I've failed at attempting to learn a number of times uh, <laughs> using like, what's that app? Duolingo. I don't know, duolingo yeah yeah i've spent i've spent like a cumulative three or four months over the past two years being like i'm gonna learn ukrainian and then not <laughs> not, not getting past like module two or
3: whatever so yeah you have to just i, I know like, some of
1: the alphabet <laughs> you have to learn just like
3: uh key powerlifting terms to hear in yeah. the warm room what the coaches are saying yeah, like
1: I,
0: I know how to say like honey and milk and stuff, but I don't know how to
1: say you know put my straps up. So. I
0: thought you were like, and then so you could use it kind of like you ask somebody like Konovalov, you call him honey. Uh, excuse me. I, I don't me work And he's like, it's all I know. I I just know honey, and I got to fucking use what I got to use, bro. And he's like, it's fine. Because he, he goes, I actually speak English. You could just talk to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You go, you like, with all due respect, I'm gonna keep calling you honey because I think we had something there. Yeah. Uh talking about Khan of Olive, Um, there are some people coming over from the equipped. Do you think mm-hmm. now, because there is a bit of a resurgence, look, I am more aware now and I'm starting to feel the pressure start posting more, but not just that from certain key people, but some people are like, thank you. When I do the post, I'm like, "Oh, this is actually." I posted it wondering if this content people appreciate the, in uh, the temperature in the room, so to speak. And yes, there is. It's not the same as the raw, but with more and more exposure, you could see it. And then seeing um, what Joe Cap had reposted, and I should be giving the original gentleman a shout out, but I, I didn't know off the top of my head. But seeing how many entries there is, yes, equipped lifting is alive and healthy. Do you <laughs> think, Isaac Konovalov, kind of Tony Cliff, obviously earlier mentioned? Doing tons of equip lifting, coming over to the world championships, winning, and coming back again. He's the defending world champion. Um, and Konovalov's story being told, some people like, Well, who's this guy coming out of nowhere? No, my friend, multiple-time IPF world champion, world games champion. He'd be in the hall of fame when he retires. He's the guy who's coming over. How much more and more is this grand exposure? And if they do well, if not win, but they podium, it starts showing these equip lifters are world-class whether they're in gear out of gear and it might help carry over and be like, all right, now I know this guy's name. Oh, he's lifting at worlds. Yeah. I mean, for sure.
1: Like, uh, I think that's another thing that people tend to do as like fans of the sport is gravitate towards lifters that they like, they'll see somebody perform they'll like somebody's the way they lift or be like, oh, I kind of have leverages like that guy and to watch, you know, his lifting or whatever. Um, and then I think, yeah, if, if said person goes over and doesn't equip me, they might pay more attention. And by virtue of doing that, be like, Holy shit. Like equip lifting is a lot of fun to watch. You know what I mean? Like uh, things, things go wrong fast, <laughs> you know, like, so yeah, I, I definitely think the more people cross over and the more, you know, if we had somebody like Alvarez from the one twenties be like, I'm going to try a squat suit. You know, I think people would be like, Oh shit. Like we, <laughs> we got to watch this. Like, this is going to be good um and stuff like that so i think uh i think the more crossover between the two i think the better it is for honestly both
0: and we have like like bonica perkins mm-hmm. there's been a lot of them who, who who've crossed over and are like champions in and out of equipment and have done their things did i say her name mm-hmm. right irian i see you left no bonica bonica okay well yeah. thank you sir bonica seems, save edit that later
3: <laughs> it seems like yeah some of the countries like russia will do both like sergey fredesenko or glad yeah, mm-hmm. yes thank you. it seems like ukraine doesn't like anatoly only does classic and then the other guys like Rubets and stuff like that only do mm-hmm. equipped so i wonder if they have to select like i think before um, uh when dmar wolf was the coach for norway they had to like select for that year they're only focusing mm-hmm. on classic or they're only focusing on equipped
0: okay well man if you had to pick if you had to pick, Bryce, if Canada said, if Shane's like, you got one or the other, son.
1: Like for good?
0: For good. For the rest of your life. Oh, man. <laughs>
1: I'd probably flip a coin.
0: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I love them both, man. I
1: just I just love lifting. Yeah. Uh, probably, probably raw. If I had to pick one. Right now, in this moment, I'd probably pick raw because of the – again, like the, the lesser time commitment, the ability to do it without like a full team, uh, and kind of like operate on my own schedule with it. But I would be very sad if I had to make that decision. <laughs> you,
3: you you mentioned the, the time commitment, but when you do equip training, like in a gym, do you wrap your own knees or have someone wrap your knees? Yeah. Like,
1: well, I guess I've done it both ways. Uh, I got a good buddy and training partner who actually doesn't lift anymore. Um, but like prepping for, nationals 2020 which was like right before the 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 axe fell with all the corona stuff and locking everything down um he would come in and just like wrap my knees and leave like he didn't he, he wasn't lifting uh and then he had family in winnipeg which is where nationals was and he came out to wrap my knees for the meet um so i've kind of done it both ways i'm very comfortable wrapping myself but obviously it's uh it's a little bit easier especially as a 120 uh to not be that out of breath going out to the platform
0: so I, I remember there was a guy at our old gym um he worked there wasn't even into powerlifting and he was like a shy kid glasses straight out of a movie like you'd be the nerdy kid you'd never suspect always cleaning stuff and i remember um the powerlifters are back there and every now and then a powerlifter would be back there and nobody else is there and you need a handoff on bench and this is a kid that when he got a little of tension and you're like, can you do me a favor and do this handoff? He's like, holy shit! And you're like, listen, this is it's okay, and he's super shy, like crazy. Is it. So he, when you told him how, he took it so fucking seriously, my man. He nailed it to, he nailed it to the point where he would be hanging out when the powerlifters are back there, knowing that he's the handoff guy, and we started referring to him as fucking Angel Hands. Cause the guy <laughs> literally placed it; it was perfect, my man. He, it, he he got cocky with it almost. He almost got like his confidence screw. His chest was out. You know what I mean? he'd Be flirting with girls because he's fucking angel hands now. The guy knows his thing, but he was he was like a legend amongst the powerlifting crew back there. That gym since closed, and I don't know what the hell happened to the kid. Probably a sad story. His whole life <laughs> probably a sad story.
3: His whole life fell apart. His whole life fell apart. Yeah, that's a
0: skill that's not very well transferable to other jobs, gentlemen. No, it doesn't look good on a resume. It doesn't look as good on. He calls me angel hands. I mean, I can think of a few jobs where (laughs) uh,
2: angel hands is a good thing. Hey, Rory,
0: come on,
1: man! (laughs) Angel
0: hands—that's probably what the kid's doing. God bless him. It is what it is. He's got to make his money. Um, looking at the IPF World, sir, is there what classes? Is there any classes here that you're in particular excited to see, or are you going to go in there, do your thing, and almost peace out?
1: Um, well, because it's Europe, and because I haven't really been able to travel or do anything, I'm going to leave the next day after yeah. I compete and probably miss the super heavies and the banquet and stuff like that. Which, yeah, I would love to see the super heavies lift. I want to see. Uh, I want to see Eric and Olivares and. I want to see as much lifting as I can. Uh, I'll probably watch a lot of it from the hotel. Cause again, like if you, uh, if you fail a test, you're staying there for two weeks and I don't yeah. want to do that either. Um, but I'll be watching as much as I can. I think a lot of the women's categories are going to be insanely exciting. I'm super uh, interested to see how the new, uh, the new weight class division splits things and how that all works out with the front runners in those categories. Um, I've got a lifter who I think will uh will perform really well in the 84s um so yeah i mean i think it's going to be a it's going to be pretty stellar uh looking at even just through the nominations of the men's right now like we have 25 guys in the 93s um i'm very very excited to see john
0: keiko lift yeah um sorry is danielle your lifter Philibert yeah okay cool let's give her a shout she's ranked number, yeah she's fourth nomination coming in but um, she's only 10 kilo off from a possible bronze. I mean, she's right there. Well, yeah. But yeah. We'll see. No kidding.
1: Yeah. She's a, she's a hell of a lifter. Um, so yeah, I'm, I mean, <laughs> it would be, uh, maybe easier to say what I'm not excited for because I'm very excited about most <laughs> all categories. You know, I think
0: you start naming them off. I don't give a fuck about this. And I'm not going to go into that. So. <laughs> Fair enough. That's probably the best way to route it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it is it is a little bit different. You're right. I don't know exactly. Like, I don't even know if the banquet's going to be... What the hell that's going to look like? Yeah, um, I don't know. It, I mean, they're saying you can't have alcohol in your room.
1: Mm, and no cavorting. So... At least like, that, that was... That was, was, 1960, 1960, like, that was this 1960. That was the translation that made its way through. I, like, the I love... No alcohol in the rooms and no cavorting. And I'm like, but, I don't even know if I have
3: a definition for that off the top of my head. But, so I'm just but gonna... then they're possibly going to have like, yeah, this big banquet of everyone partying together.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know how that's going to look. If it's going to be, how it's going to be.
2: They're going to set up a massive Zoom call and just mm-hmm. send you all room service that in your the, individual rooms.
3: That is
0: the lamest fucking Sunday ass. night you
3: can have alcohol in your rooms. So it's the banquet. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Yeah. I mean, in, or, in
3: Orlando, we did no banquet just to make yeah. it easier.
0: Damn, man. But traveling, like, if I go all the way to Sweden, I'm not saying nothing on the record. <laughs> but if you come in my room on the wrong night and you go, you, I don't know about, like, what are they going to do to stop you from having alcohol in there or, or convorting? I don't know. I don't know. I
2: think it's <laughs> like, just have you been convorting, young man? Like, so that is cavorting. I'm like, no, actually it was a So uh... <laughs> yeah, It's
1: different.
0: Exactly. And I also want to ask you about the, the social media that you've been killing, my man um uh, over a hundred thousand youtube subscribers and uh and it's it's still going up so when did this also when did the steam start coming onto the youtube because you've been doing it for a while now
1: mm-hmm. we've been making youtube videos since maybe late 2015 early 2016 because i remember one of the first videos we ever filmed one of the first like training vlog things because we started filming I was just like hey dylan do you want to like make some videos and showcase my clients and we'll use it as marketing and i just had no idea what youtube was or how it worked or what people did on there uh and then he was like oh dude like people would probably want to follow along with your training that might be something we could do so i think the first one of those we did my hip was this is like the onset of my my i don't know uh, notorious hip issues uh and i was like <laughs> i think one of the first squat sets that we ever filmed i was like tossing my belt across the room (laughs) and screaming because i was so pissed off about my hip hurting um so yeah i don't know we started filming training vlogs we've done a lot of educational content on there most recently it's just been a lot of form checks and training vlogs are kind of working their way back in um we're actually while i'm gone we're going to be taking possession of a a little i don't know two thousand square foot bay where we'll create the calgary barbell hq and hopefully be able to get back to doing a whole bunch more uh, of the kind of educational instructional type stuff and funny videos and things like that um just with restrictions and things like that and space being kind of at a premium we haven't been going into the gym and being like hey you know, we're going to like turn the music down for two hours so we can make this video. Mm. Uh, because we're just like people like haven't been able to train for two years. We're just going to like let people train and not get in the way and do like the little things that we can do kind of non-invasively in the gym. So once we have our own space, we'll be able to do uh, a lot more cool stuff, which I'm really looking forward to. We will stream workouts and uh, have a little warehouse for our apparel and stuff like that. So it's, it's really exciting. Um, but we take possession October 1st. I compete October 2nd and I get home October 7th. So have fun, Dylan.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you deuces. You're you're somewhere in Europe drunk in a pub somewhere. <laughs> like if but I'm lucky, uh, yeah. You, like converting, god knows. Um, but uh it, you when it comes to like stuff like that, like when you start up the YouTube. Some people, here's what's why some people aren't going to be dedicated to something like that. And I know you've been working on it a long time. That's why I remember back in the day you've been working on the YouTube. And now, after all these years hitting 100K, I remember I had Lee Norton on here. And he was talking about, like, people think, like, they try it out. And if they don't get the initial, they give up. And he's like, I get, I've been doing this, like, he was on the bodybuilding.com forums, like, 15 Mm -hmm. years ago, like he was like, he's like, I've been hustling so long, and he's still at like a whatever he's at. He's got a hell of a following, but it's still, he's like, such the long play to get somewhere. And people give up so early, and then they don't have a vision. So, if it's not like, well, what do you get from YouTube views? No, but my man, you build a brand. So, if you have merchandising coaching, now you have an app that's available, and like, you have to have a vision to be like, build a brand first and then you could do something with it. And it's bigger than just yourself, whether or not you're training or not, you have something, right? And you could move on from there. And a lot of people don't, if you don't have a vision like that, where you can't see where this can go, it has to be that video, what did that video make me? What does this channel make me? It's like, no, no, that channel could make you nothing. But if you get 100,000 people subscribed to it, now you're selling programming, now you're selling merch, now you're doing whatever other venues, now you're doing seminars, you're doing what. It's, it's literally, you have an audience and you do whatever you can with it. That's what you got. And that's what all marketers die to get. And some people just don't get it. They're just mm-hmm. like, well, what is YouTube? You get nothing out of it, yeah, man. If that's what you need, if you need the instant you know, per video, <laughs> good luck. And that's where, um, that's why it's so hard for people to get it going.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, even from the start, I don't know if that was ever really our intent was like, Oh, we're going to build this thing and then we're going to use it to like drive business and and all this kind of stuff. It was just like, I don't know, this is kind of cool. seems like people want to watch it. I don't know. Let's, let's make another one next week. (laughs) And it just kind of snowballed from there. Uh, And then, yeah, like once you get to a certain point, you're like, Oh, okay. Like I can, you know, learn to monetize this in a way that agrees with, how I want to approach my audience and grow this in a way that, you know, again, like appeals to us. And I think we could grow a lot faster if we, you know, did Natty or not videos on Russ or something like that. You know what I mean? Like,
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: but if that's just not our gem. That's not what I want to do or talk about, you know what I mean? Um, so uh, I think that uh, one of the biggest things that we've done is just what we want to do. And I think we, have worked pretty hard to not stray from that. And it's probably made things take longer, but I think people that do like what we do really like what we do because it's just what we do to, to be a little bit redundant uh, and, and maybe oversimplify that into a little catchphrase, but yeah.
0: Well, you, you're staying in the pocket, so you're not changing up. That's This is why they're going in. You, you made a good point. If you're doing this for the money, you're not going to do this five years straight before you finally start monetizing and do it just falls in your lap that you can, but you, if you, the reason you do it daily, weekly, whatever I can identify, like with King of Lifts, like year in day in, day out weeks, months, years for five years straight, you don't make any money and you're putting all this time. You're not doing it for money. There was no mm-hmm. money. You're just doing it because you love just for the love of the game and That's creating like the content lifting, right?
1: you know. love powerlifting do people want to powerlift to make money does anybody have that <laughs> as a dream or goal because if you do and you're listening right now i can <laughs> tell you it ain't
0: happening
1: yeah uh, i mean it's, so you better learn to love lifting
0: yeah you should do it for that first anyways and then um anything else that falls in your lap is nothing more than a bonus uh, that's yeah. that's why. Like, if we we start doing something now with the positions of power, like programming, kind of like the same type of app that you have, and people, some people like not many, but some people, like, no, go, go, come on, you don't don't put ads or anything. It's like, my brother, five years straight, not a fucking dime. Can your boy keep the lights on? Like nothing nothing they're just like no only it's it, i don't want to have to scroll past this post yeah just scroll past it my brother let me keep let me you know what i mean holy smokes man but mm-hmm. um, it is what it is so we do you guys have any more questions we're getting at the 90 minute mark here and i want to be conservative with my man's time we're both we're prepping for the world championships i'll see you in sweden by the way mm-hmm. but is there something on the table that um we didn't hit up that you guys want to get out the way Nope, or we'll forever hold your peace gary
1: gary oh, i hate that so much <laughs>
3: Sorry. Uh, i was We're just thinking it. in my head i was
1: like i'm gonna start calling rory gary got anything, <laughs> got anything for the crab <laughs> shark
2: uh uh I, I i did have one thing actually um uh, a few years ago i was uh, being coached by a, another canadian coach and i was looking at getting uh, a whole bunch of tattooing done as you can see that was that was done and he uh, very kindly put me in contact with you to talk about uh, training after getting tattooed. Okay. Um, and so that that information doesn't live forever in the bottom of my Instagram DM somewhere where it's not very useful. Do you want to, do you want to say really quickly for other people who might be interested, um, your approach to training after getting, uh, after getting tattoos? Cause at the time I found that really useful.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I wish I could remember what I told you if it was good advice. Um, (laughs) it it generally depends like what you're getting tattooed and where. Um, but more than that, I think it kind of depends how it heals. So for me, if the skin gets really tight and it's like kind of a wet heel where you're needing to like clean it every couple of hours, just leave it the hell alone. If the skin feels tight and every time you move, it feels like it's going to crack, just don't do anything. But sometimes tattoos will heal like that. Sometimes they'll heal really quickly and they'll be dry right away and you can move through a full range of motion. It's kind of like training around pain, right? Like if it hurts, don't do it or find a different way to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, when I got a lot of my midsection done and stuff, I would just swap in, um, overhead press instead of bench. So I didn't have to lay down on my back or I would use an SSB instead of a low bar squat because I just gotten, you know, my whole back tattooed and stuff like that. So a lot of the times it's about finding workarounds and just trying not to mess with stuff uh and do it during a deload or a washout if you can because then you have more room to mess with stuff or not do it or put it off a day or two or whatever like maybe not five weeks before uh, open
2: worlds yeah yeah
0: <laughs> well i mean did, did could... i do that or
1: did you
2: oh no uh, no you didn't oh okay uh, just in, in general
1: i've done stuff like that though <laughs> i got my neck tattooed like not far from north americans and then was like oh i can't do anything right now <laughs>
0: It, it's because i would wonder if you could fuck up the tattoo like clearly you don't want the modeling mm-hmm. going across like a fresh ink uh, so you would there is like a look i want to do well but i also don't want to look fucked up or like have to go back and yeah touch that was up. the
1: thing it was like oh man i got this like giant thing on my neck like if it doesn't heal well that's my neck yeah. <laughs> you know? so i was like i'm gonna take an extra day or two off and i it turned out i was okay but
0: yeah yeah so i mean good.
1: i you can always
2: get more training later, right? Like none of us are are on particular time limits, um, but you fuck up the healing for something and it's not impossible, but, but a little harder to fix. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. Getting it retatted is a, is a pain for sure. Um, all right, my man, well, much appreciated for your time. Is there Mm. anybody that you want to thank while, while we have you on here? Oh boy. Uh,
1: just like in general, (laughs)
0: if you have sponsors or anything that you you okay okay
1: uh i'll shout out uh obsidian uh appleton coffee uh sbd who else i'm forgetting people but
0: that's okay well they're not your sponsors anymore then (laughs) (laughs)
1: you'll get an email (laughs) dylan (laughs) for
0: all his hard work obviously yeah dylan's (laughs) dylan's the other half of Calvary barbell i think people forget that but yeah it is listen buddy um i'll talk to you in sweden mm-hmm. i'll i'll be at the the event maybe we'll do some converting, my man we'll do some cavorting on the down low until then buddy thank you for your time and we'll talk uh, thanks soon. for having me see you buddy see
1: you. <laughs>